stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know, he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right, They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official podcast of the world of Outlaws. NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars, as always. My name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision. Alongside of me, Nick Graziano. The I am PR here. Out of the world of Outlaws. How you doing, Nick? I am great. How are you? I'm doing really good. You know why? Why is that? We had two nights of rape. One day of racing at Eldora Speedway. <laughs> Two features of racing. Yes, in one day at Eldora Speedway for the first time in 589 days. World of Outlaws Racing at the Big E, the house that Earl built. It was only supposed to be 588 days. Yeah, then rain came. Yeah, Mother Nature said, you guys are all going to have to wait one more night. But it was worth it. It was definitely worth Both it. Both races were really good, I thought. They were awesome. Yeah, they're, it showed why we that decision was made, uh, why it was the proper decision to uh, do them both that day, because you both got two spectacular races out of it. I agree. I completely 100% agree. Uh, this weekend's going to be fun, too. Yep. This week, actually, because we have racing on a Wednesday this week at Lincoln Speedway. The rivalry is renewed once again. Outlaws versus Posse. Here we go again. It's Can be we great. shut them out again? We shut them out last year. I feel like our guest uh, today is going to have something to say about it. Maybe. That. Yeah, he might uh, have a couple little opinions here and there. Yeah. To quote uh, the legendary announcer from Williams Grove Speedway, longtime announcer there, Bruce Ellis, our guest today is Lance Deweese. And we're really looking forward to it, really appreciate, appreciative of Lance taking the time to come on board today and talk about racing against the Outlaws, trying to beat the Outlaws and score his uh, 100th career victory at Williams Grove Speedway. What an achievement that would be. That'd be wild. Uh, you know, like, so I'm saying this because I love great storylines. It's not that I don't want to see Donnie potentially get 300 at Lincoln, but I kind of hope it doesn't happen. Because think of what that sets up. Lance DeWeese going for 100 versus Donnie Schatz going for 300. Imagine those two, one, two, going for the win, Outlaws versus Posse. That would be wild. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. Huh. That would be pretty spectacular. I think that would be one hell of a show. I really hadn't even thought about that possibility. Yeah. Uh, but now thinking about that. That's the kind of stuff movies are made about, Nick. I'm going to write the book if it happens. <laughs> and then hopefully you get the movie rights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> write the script, too. <laughs> oh, what a show that would be. Uh, it's it's a great week uh, for sprint car racing. Like I said, the uh, the Commonwealth Clash. I believe that's what it's called, right? Uh, nope, that's Lernerville. Damn it. We got that coming up later. That's another PA race, but yeah. I know we're, excited, we're excited for that one, too. But this is uh, the Gettysburg Clash, presented by Dryding. You're right. Lincoln. Yes, you're right. You know, Lincoln was the first race that I ever saw an Outlaws versus Posse race before, and it was 
so much fun. Uh, I, I've had the chance to go to a, quite a few fun rivalry games, Yankees versus Red Sox. Um, in New York, you got Islanders versus Rangers in hockey. I've uh, been Patriots versus Jets at, and in Foxborough. Really, really fun. But to be honest with you, Outlaws versus Posse is might be the best rivalry in sports that no one outside of racing knows about. Yeah, it's so good. It, it brings just that extra level of uh, excitement and competition. I'm sure we'll hear uh, from Lance about all of that coming up. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely fun time. We, you get it little bits and uh, from throughout the year. You get this Lincoln Williams Grove a little bit of break. We'll go back to Williams Grove, then we'll go back to Williams Grove again later on, and it's, uh, just kind of a year long battle here and there. My first time at Lincoln, actually, I guess my only time at Lincoln, it was right after the uh, the dash draw. Johnny Gibson, our longtime series announcer, who was from Pennsylvania, but technically not posse territory, was walking back up the grandstands to go back to the tower after conducting the redraw and was getting showered with booze simply because he is the announcer of the outlaws. F you, Johnny, F you. I'm like, oh, my God. He's it's just wild. the announcer. Oh, yeah. But he's wearing an outlaw shirt. Uh-huh. Absolutely incredible. Yep. And then, of course, Lance actually won that night. Uh, this was May 2019. Lance won that night. And, I mean, y- you would think that Lance just won the Daytona 500 plus the Super Bowl plus the Masters plus a gold medal at the Olympics combined the way the Pennsylvania crowd was losing their minds that night. It was awesome. It's definitely fun to watch. If you're wearing uh, an outlaw shirt, you definitely want to take it off when those types of situations <laughs> happen and just kind of uh, walk out. But, yeah, it's the the level of just passion and energy that they bring to every event is, is so much fun going to these PA races. You need to have balls to go into uh, Pennsylvania track wearing an outlaw shirt, Nick. Yes, you do. You need to make sure that they are properly uh, trimmed and preened and ready to go when you walk in there as well. Especially on a PA race. Yeah, you can do that, by the way, uh, with Manscaped, Nick. Tell us more. I will. Uh, Did you also know that they've actually released a brand new product? Really? Yeah. Just in time. Why is it such a surprise to you? I feel like I just told you this last week. Because I don't remember things very well. All right. <laughs> that makes two of us. <laughs> this is why I bring a notebook every time with things written down on it. <laughs> well, Nick, this is your public service announcement and the news you've been waiting for all week long because you forgot about it last week. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. And guess what, Nick? What's that? You live within the USA and Canada. You can get one. Oh. I was just making sure that you knew that yeah, in case that, you forgot that too. I almost did. Nick, you can join the over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off plus free worldwide shipping with the code OPENRED20 at manscaped.com. Although the worldwide shipping is not going to be really too necessary for you because you're right here in the US of A. Uh I've already tried it, Nick. You can be one of the first people to try it as long as you go and get one since you haven't done so yet. I've been blown away by the performance of the Lawnmower 4.0. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is so good. Uh, you never watched Match Game back in the day? 
The old the old school match game. Yeah. You ever seen that? That's when you go, how good is it? Oh man. I didn't know we were going for that. I thought I, it I, was, been... I was waiting for the dramatic pause and you're just but I no, thought it would have been obvious when <sighs> I stopped that's so good. You can still do it now. Uh, I felt like the moment has passed. All right, it's passed. Uh, Well, it's so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with the guy that just hosted Saturday Night Live this past weekend's engineers to ensure that your testes are as safe as possible, Nick. Great. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Fantastic. It has a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel, which... You used to do before you got promoted and pretty much stayed here in Concord. But for the rare times that you do go to travel, that sounds like it's for you. It also gives you the ability to turn on the 4,000 LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave, which is really good. It also allows you to customize your trim with guard lengths through sizes 1 through 4, because that's very, very important. It's also waterproof. Oh, so you can use it in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on a bathroom floor because that's always good. It also has wireless charging. The wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction. Those are words that I hardly understand, but it sounds really important. And it helps battery length last longer, which is always good. Get the new Lawnmower 4.0 if you live within the United States of America and Canada. 20% off plus free shipping with the code OPENRED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Using Open Red Twenty, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I remember that. I'll remember that. Say it again. <laughs> unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Got it. He says he's got it, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on now that Nick has it and hopefully won't forget a second time. As we already mentioned, our guest this week is Lance. Two weeks. Oh, did I go too early? Uh, too early, too early. Hold on. Let's try it again. We're, Lance. Deweese. Right here on Open Red. 769K, this is Lance Deweese. Joining us today on Open Red, Lance Deweese, one of the leaders of the PA Posse. Lance, how's it going? Uh, it's going fine. Um... Wish the weather would get out of our area yeah. in these Friday nights, but other than that, we're going pretty good. Appreciate you joining us and, you know, being willing to do this on the World of Outlaws podcast. We we know how the rivalry is and everything, <laughs> but we, we really appreciate you doing this with us. Oh, it's, yeah, it's all in good fun. You know, the whole, the whole thing for all these years has always been pretty intense, but in, in good spirit, you know what I mean? So I have to ask you right off the start, like you said, it's in good spirit, but it still gets intense. Just how much fun is it to be a part of a rivalry that is so intense and, and not just be a part of it, but be someone that's right on the forefront of it? Oh, it's great. It's, it's you know, it's, you know, for people that never been part of anything kind of quite like this, it's, it's pretty, you know, intense. You know, when we show up, we, we want to win. That's what we're there for. And that's what we're there for anytime we show up. But you know, when they come in town, it, it's just more, I don't want to say pressure, but just we we put more pressure on ourselves to run better. And we kind of root for each other a little bit more than we would in a normal you know, situation, maybe. 
like you said, uh, a little bit more pressure and rooting for each other. Is Does it become kind of like a head thing? You, you put it in your head that you want to perform even even better, even more so, and just try and uh, stop guys like Donnie Schatz and Brad Sweet and things like that? Well, it's it's when they, when they come in, it's you have to up to another level mm-hmm. compared to just local racing, and that's yeah, that's anywhere they go. And um, we're fortunate enough in here that we've been able to do that for the years and years and years. And um, actually, I seen a stat today that I didn't realize that you know we're six out of ten at Lincoln since Lincoln's got an outlaw show back. Um, I didn't realize that. You know, I mean that we actually have more wins at Lincoln than they do since they've come back. So, you know, it just is, it's just, you know, everybody puts their heart and soul in it. You know, we, we might not be the, you know, best funded teams in the country in here, but I guarantee one thing, there's not too many teams can outwork us or, you know, put the pride in that we have in, in here in central PA of trying to beat them guys. So you mentioned Lincoln, and obviously that's the first one this week is Wednesday night. Uh, I mentioned before we started the interview, or uh, my first time ever experiencing this rivalry was the 2019 Lincoln race, which you ended up winning. And obviously you've won quite a few battles uh, within this rivalry. Just where does winning against the Outlaws, any of the wins, rank for you compared to all of the other wins that you have? Well, the for me the biggest wins are the Grove National wins, which all all of my Grove National wins are are outlaw sanctioned shows. So, you know, to me that's the biggest wins for me. Um, yeah, you know, the first one was always very big, but probably the one after the passing Greg Hodnett was huge, um, just because you know there was a lot. Yeah, not pressure on me to say, but yeah, I really wanted to win that. You know, in his honor. You know, he became a central PA, you know, person. You know, he moved here and married here and yeah, he was just a PA posse and you know, after his passing, you know, we, we wanted to win that so bad for our fans, for his family and wife and mother and just everything for our area and um you know, we were fortunate enough to do it and yeah, you know, it, it probably was one of the the it'll probably be one of the most thoughtful things and that I'll think about when my career is over is that one particular win. Now, obviously, you're one of the most successful drivers at uh, Williams Grove. Uh, a lot of wins there, like you said, uh, four national uh, opens wins. Um, obviously, you're kind of coming into this weekend in a similar situation kind of as Donnie Schatz has been um, all year long. Everybody talking about um, that milestone 100th career win at Williams Grove, uh, kind of looking for it. Um, does that has that gotten to you at all? Are you sick of hearing people talk about it? Do you want to get that one done and over with too? Uh, well, what's funny is last year when we we were going for it last year, um, the one race, um, I can't remember when it was. Um, I actually was nervous in the race for the first time in a long time, you know, and we didn't end up when we weren't very good. And then kind of since then, I've kind of just worried about trying to do our job, win our race. 100 will come hopefully um and yeah it's kind of like yeah kind of like donnie trying to get the 300 you know we we've been good and have some problems not go away you know have our issues of you know taking us out of shots of wins or you know it just you know it's just like him he when he gets in a position it just seems like it's not meant to be so you know um i would be okay with you know 
we both reaching that milestone in here this week. Yeah. I respect Donnie a ton. Um, I, I think he's one of the best ever that's got in a race car, sprint car. And, um, you know, um, he, he's very good in here, especially at the Williams Grove, um, just like we normally are. So it, it could be a really fun weekend you know, and maybe a milestone for both of us. But um, I'm going to do everything I can not let him get his 300 in here. <laughs> uh, how special would it be for you to get your 100th against the Outlaws? I know obviously 100 is, is an incredible achievement there in general, but knowing that it would be uh, – on the stage of this big rivalry potentially what would that mean i it would just make it sweeter um just like um my my 300th career win came against the outlaws um at the grove um a, a few years back so yeah it, it just it would make it sweeter um but just as more important is we just want to win we just want to beat them when they're in here um like I said, you know, we respect the heck out of all of them guys. And, um, you know, I, I hope Donnie gets his 300, but just not when I'm around. <laughs> <laughs> what does uh, Williams Grove, just that track in general, mean to you? Obviously, you had so much success there. Was was that a place that you grew up going to? Was that a place you would always dreamed of going to eventually and winning at? <laughs> yeah, what's funny is, you know, I never went to sprint car racing when I started growing up. Um, I grew up and when I say this, I mean, I was two years old, one year old playing in the stones at Hagerstown Speedway. My, my dad and his brothers owned back then what were late models back then. And, um, yeah, I, I grew up very young in at Hagerstown Speedway. Then they got racing and, you know, we went and did our own things growing up as kids and teenagers. And then, you know, when I got to 16, we kind of just got back into racing and never was to a sprint car race in my life Oh wow! until I started racing them. So what drew um, you to sprint cars? Well, the funny thing is we were racing micros and back then, um, they were two two seventy micros. They were air cooled and those things were a pain in the butt to work on. <laughs> and, you know, we grew up around messing with, you know, street cars and, you know, V eights and all that stuff. And, um, Back then, in here, there was only two classes. You had your sprint cars, and you had your super sportsmen. Well, I don't know if you guys know much about the super sportsmen, but in the mid-'80s, them they had 80 cars show up. Well, they only raced them at one track on Saturday nights mainly at Silver Spring Speedway, and they'd get 70 to 80 cars there. And it was a tough field, tough um, division. So um, – we just looked around and we wanted to get out of micros and wanted to do something else. And we just said, well, we know a little bit about V8s and, you know, sprint car racing, you know, at that time we had three different tracks on a Saturday night to choose from to race. So you, you split the field all up and, um, and that's what we ended up doing. We really didn't, you know, my first car was a Bobby Allen car <laughs> and, um, we just went racing. Um, we really didn't do it. You know, the funny thing about the Williams Grove deal is I never raced Williams Grove. Um, I maybe would have raced it. You know, I'm going to say from the time I started sprint cars in 85 to, you know, I started driving for water dire in the 461. I might have maybe ran, you know, in 91 up to those six years, maybe 
20 shares at Williams Grove, if that. I doubt if I even ran that many because we just didn't race it because we didn't have the equipment for it. We didn't, you know, we were, you know, my first probably five, six years of racing, I, I was lucky to run 20 races a year. So um, we just never went there. But then once I started racing, I always just had a knack for the place and, and just, you know, was always very good there in the slick. And, um, yeah, now we're trying to reach a, a goal of 100 that, you know, something nobody's got, never even got close to before. Right. So it's kind of, yeah, just something that I'd like to do. So what do you think it was that just clicked for you there? I don't, yeah, it's easy to say. I, I can run three and four a little different than how almost anybody else does it. Um, especially when it gets slick, we can, we can run a little bit different line and, and, make speed but shorten the racetrack up and it's just you know it's it's basically two drag strips with corners in so you have to you can't just run the place flat out all the time i mean nowadays it's a little easier to do but you know back when i started and you know, over the years it always was to me it was always a bit a little bit of a driving racetrack you had to drive the track um the cars handle way different there because the long straightways they do things that you're not used to them doing at other racetracks even locally um and it's just something that I, I just, you know, learned or, you know, just fit my style and it just, you know, it's worked out pretty good. So you mentioned going for an achievement that no one else has come close to doing. And and the funny part about it, as you just said, is that Williams Grove was never really a part of your history growing up. When, when you kind of take a step back and, and look at things on the larger level, is it kind of almost in a way I'll use the word amazing to you, what your legacy has the potential to end up being. Yeah. Because it's just like anybody, you know, that you would talk to is nobody, none of us, when we start racing, think about, you know, doing this or doing that, you know, I mean, we just wanted to race, you know, people just want to race guys just want to race. You know what I mean? And we're just showing up the racetrack trying to race. And, you know, over the years, you know, we, we've been fortunate enough to win a good many and, you know, you just kind of keep building and next thing you know, you're, you're, you know, at a certain plateau in your career and you're doing those things and nobody else is doing them or, you know, one of the things that really to me is amazing about if you look at the, the, the win list at Williams Grove, the top three drivers at it, all three of those drivers, we raced against each other night in, night out. You know, you have me, you have Raymer and you have, Donnie Kreitz, who I drive for, we all raced against each other. It was like we, you know, you know, Fred was 20 years before me and, you know, broken up. We physically raced in our prime against each other. So it kind of was really, you know, it's kind of neat when you sit back and think about it and look like how competitive it really was when we were doing this. And, you know, we had to beat each other and we're still doing this. You know, kind of together, all three of us were. Obviously, the PA Posse have been very strong uh, for several years now. Um, obviously, that's why there is this rivalry. Uh, but last year, uh, they got shut out by the Outlaws. Uh, do you think is uh, maybe a little controversial there? But is it just uh, through the pandemic, maybe not getting to race as much, or was it just kind of the one of those years where the Outlaws are just getting that much better now? Well, a couple of things are getting better. You know, David Gravel gets around the place pretty darn good. Donnie, Donnie's always been really good there. Um, a lot of it's got due, you know, with 
track conditions, you know, we, we tend to be better when it's slicker in here than they, they are in here. And, you know, last year, if I remember correctly, um, nothing got normal for us in here to say. Mm -hmm. Um, also the other thing is like, um, like this week coming in here, um, you know, I just don't know. We, we don't, nobody knows because we haven't raised a whole lot at Williams Grove me personally this year. Um, sometimes cause we run the limit schedule, but also they've been canceled a ton. Right. You know, so, you know, nobody's got a lot of laps there. So, and you never know until they come in the first time, do, are we fast enough or not fast enough? Um, you know, when, when the all-stars were in, we can gauge that a little bit. You know, we set fast time there against Larson was second quick. Um, you know, we led the race for a while. He ended up beating me, but you know, at least we had some speed, but we also know we need to be better. Um, just cause we know this week the competition's better. So, um, you know, we, you kind of have to gauge yourself, but until the May thing normally is, you don't really know where anybody's at, you know, even with the outlaws kind of, cause you know, some of the places they run are different, you know, shots hasn't been his normal self looking, you know, this year, but you know, they, he could show up here and dominate every show in here. So you, you just don't know, you know, until we race the first time to kind of figure out where everybody's at. Um, yeah, it's it's just been different over the last couple of years. It tracks the Grove's been a little bit more of a, and I don't want to say narrow racetrack, but more of a narrow with curb racetrack that's a little bit easier for guys who starts up front don't average local cars or outlaw cars run run the place a little easier. It's not been getting its normal slick from top to bottom like it used to when it gets really tough to get around. I know that the outlaw format is different than the format that y'all normally run on a regular Friday night. Is it a little bit of a challenge to get into that mindset of, oh, we're doing things this way tonight instead of the way we did it last Friday? No, it's not a challenge there. The challenge is just timing good enough because that's everything. Um, you know, with their format, you you have to time good. And then, you know, when they come in here now, you're – 40 45 cars and the draw becomes a little bit more important some nights than other nights for the timing and you just have to put yourself in a position and if you can't put yourself in a position you know they're too good you're just not driving through a heat race on these guys and put yourself in a position you know so it's normally if you don't time good you're behind the eight ball all night and you know that's the format that's their it's a fair format. You, you earn it. So, um, you, um, you know, you still have to time good and that's everything. And, um, yeah, it just seemed like, seemed like last year, nobody locally was that quick in time. I know we weren't, especially in year, the Grove national, we were terrible timing. Um, didn't, you know, we raced pretty good. We start way back in both of them raced pretty good, but, um, we, we just never put ourselves in a position. So, <clears throat> excuse me hopefully you know this year you know we'll be in a better position put ourselves in a position um yeah it just you just never know you know you don't like i said before you don't know how fast you know you, you know i know you know there's certain outlaw guys are probably going time good um they've been time good all year and um those guys also can get around the grove timing so but other than that you kind of don't really know you know 
and you, you know, they split the groups up and you go out last in the first group and the track drops off three tenths, four tenths of the second, it, it gets hard to put yourself in a position, you know, sometimes, but yeah, it's, it's a draw. It's, you know, it's, is what it is for everybody. So you just have to be fast enough and good enough to try to put yourself in some type of position to get up front and try to get in the dash. Now, I know you, you said earlier um, that initially you weren't uh, uh, into sprint car racing, but as you got into it more, was there ever um, a want or a desire to, uh, I know you, you've ventured out beyond Pennsylvania, but to like join the Outlaws at some point, was that ever a goal of yours, or were you just more comfortable kind of staying in your regional area? Well, we, we've had an opportunity here and there over the time to do it. Um, one of the opportunity was right after I won 30 um, one races in the 461 and I just I just felt loyal I've always been pretty loyal to whoever I'm driving for mm-hmm. I just felt lawyer, loyal to them and then you know didn't feel like leaving and you know you know back in those days you know we run a hundred times a year and sleep in your own bed mm-hmm. basically other than other than going to Florida begin year and you know Knoxville Nationals but other than that you know we Back then, we'd race 100 times a year, not bad and I, you know, stay in your own bed during the week. So um, I just was loyal and just never, you know, I wish I kind of did it in the long, long run, yeah. But, you know, I, I wouldn't really change nothing in my career right now. But it's, you know, it there was opportunities, but we just never, you know, did it. You know what I mean? Loyalty is a trait that I feel like is kind of going by the wayside not just in racing but just in a, a lot of areas in the world lately um why was that so important to you and then at what point do you decide i have to make a change and and, and do something different well there i mean the the world everything he's the guy that gave me my big break you know he took a chance on a kid that you know we would show running up front at times and you know but he he's the one that it took the chance on me, let me do it kind of my way. And we, for seven and a half years, we were very successful. Um, you know, just like everything, it, it comes to an end eventually. Um, but it just, I've just always been that way. It, I've never done it for the money about the money, you know, from one ride to the next, you know, most of the time if I was leaving a ride and going somewhere else, it was, you know, hopefully better equipment or, you know, just be more competitive or maybe get to travel a little bit more, you know, on some type deals and where we were at, you know, but it just, you know, I've always been pretty loyal. Most of the teams I've, I try to stay with, you know, they either were getting out of it and I had to hunt another deal or, you know, there's, there's only been two deals that I drove for that um, physically I had to go hunt another ride, which, you know, we also knew when I started driving, both these deals, that's how that works. You know what I mean? So. How uh, rewarding was it when you got inducted into the Sprint Car Hall of Fame uh, with the career you've had so far? It was um, very rewarding. And it was kind of the thing. It wasn't, to me, it wasn't that too big a deal, you know, initially until I got out there and, and not even got out there when I got closer to it and, you know, it started setting in and, you know, being out there and listening to everything that was going on, you know, and, you know, it's just, it's very rewarding to accomplish so much and be recognized for it. And, you know, we never, you know, 
toot our own horn. We never self-promoted ourselves. If anything, I probably downplayed my career more so than a lot of people even realize what we've done. Um, it was funny because um, when I started driving for Al Hamilton, he um, he didn't even realize the stuff that I've done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he hired me to drive, and it just, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it pretty amazing. But like I said before, the Walter Dyer, who's going in this year, which he, he was supposed to go in last year, but then with COVID, they didn't do it. But, um, you know, I'll be out there for his induction because he was everything. Yeah, you know, that family was out when I got inducted. It just, you know, he's the guy that gave me my big break. He, him and his wife were like a second parents to me. So, um, you know, you need those breaks. And it was an honor to go in. You know, I got, you know, it's what's most amazing about that, that whole deal is, you know, it's not a fancy um, event, which is kind of neat. But when you sit there and listen to the other people that go in and their accomplishments, yeah, it just blows you away. Um, I can't remember. Um, it was a the it was a writer, I think, or might have been a writer, writer announcer that got inducted when I was there. And like they're going down this guy, this guy's what he's done, and I'm like I'm half blowed away by what he's done as a writer and an announcer and all. I mean, just a, what he's accomplished. So. You know, like Scott Gherkin went in, um, when I went in, um, I didn't realize some of the stuff that he'd done. You mean, yeah, I just knew him with Carl and Steve all those years. Yeah. I didn't realize the other things that he'd done. So um, it's pretty neat. Yeah. To sit there and listen to all the other accomplishments the other people have done. Similar along those lines. Like when, when you hang up the helmet, which hopefully you still got plenty of time left and still more achievements to, to, uh, knock off the list. What are you going to look back on and be like, you know, that was the cool one for me. That that was the one. Well, I I don't, you know, I've been fortunate enough to accomplish a lot in here. Um, we've we've won all the big shows in here multiple times. You know. So I I I don't know. I can't really sit back. I mean, my my record at the Tuxedo 50 is pretty stout. And my record at Williams Grove National is pretty stout. Um, so it, it, the big show is just, to me, the biggest thing is being competitive and being in the hunt for all the big shows. Um, that's kind of what we've always pride ourselves on. And um, we just, we've been fortunate enough to do it and do it good and yeah, do it right. And, um, you know, who knows? I mean, there might be a race down the road yet that I've never won that one that, you know, I'll, I'll remember. Yeah, I mean, we we've been fortunate enough to win outside of Pennsylvania a decent bit. Yeah, I mean, so um, so it's just it's just yeah, you don't know. Yeah, you know, right now we're just trying to go win races again. Yeah, I, I love the team I'm driving for. It's a pretty simple team with how we do it. You know, if we, if we you know we originally weren't going to race this Wednesday against the Outlaws at Lincoln, but when the Grove canceled this Friday, now we're racing. Yeah, you know, I mean, just because. That's one, you know, race that we lost that we can make up and not put ourselves in a bond, you know, with other things that they have going on. For sure. Well, speaking of big races, uh, you went to one in 2019 uh, in in Iowa. Is there any chance we're going to see you back at the Knoxville Nationals potentially this year? I no, no. It's um, it's just a tough deal for them um, to to go out there and be prepared. It, it's yeah, I tell everybody, yeah, I love Knoxville. I love racing Knoxville. Um, 
but it's a hard racetrack. It, it, to me, it's no different than when somebody comes in here for, to the Grove for the first time. You're not going to show up and just be fast. You can show up and run okay, but you're not going to show up and be fast. And you know, over the years, that has proven be true at Knoxville. You, know, you, know, you If you think about who's won Knoxville, it's guys with a ton of experience there and ton of laps there. And realistically, there's only been about five guys in the last 10 years. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> won it. So, and the one guy owns the place. You know, he might not want it. You know, the last, what, two years now, maybe he hasn't won it. But mm-hmm. I mean, he runs top three every time he's there. Right. Don't matter where he starts. So, um, <clears throat> it's just, you know, it's just very tough. And that year we went out, we, we felt like at the end of the year, it put us behind in here for our big races. A little bit so they're definitely not this year we're not planning on it um just because it is, it is a lot you know you have well a lot of people don't understand there's no full-time this is not a full-time team you mean donald has a speech up the run his daughter races you know he she is very good at not complaining about when we change our schedule and i go race somewhere that might take a race from her so we're, I'm kind of, you know, I, I think about that a little bit when, you know, if they want to race something, yeah, I think about that a little bit and not take a, try and not take a race from her because, sure. you know, yeah, it's just, you know, it's his daughter and she wants to race. So, um, it, there's, there's just so much that people don't realize that goes on and then to go out there, you have to be ready when you get there. Um, and it's just, it's just a hard deal. I mean, I was yeah, I was very disappointed when we were out in 2019. And the bad part, the part that I thought we would do good at, we were terrible at. And the part I was concerned the most about, we were good at. So <laughs> it was kind of weird. I, I was really worried about time and good because that's everything. And then we timed pretty good. And then I was worried about the heat race, which is everything there. That's the hardest event of the night, of the week, is your heat race, especially if you time good. And we did that good. But then after that, we didn't race good, which in in all my thoughts of going there, I thought we will race good. They will figure this out. We will race good. And we just never did. We didn't figure out on our, our preliminary night, and we didn't get it figured out on Saturday night, say main, and just was terrible both nights. You know I mean, mm. racing, which, you know, since I've been in this car, that's been our strong point is the racing end of it. You know, we might not time as good as we want or that, but we raced very well and we just didn't there's that year out there and um and you know sure we know kind of maybe where we messed up but you know you don't the problem about that place and that race especially that race you don't get enough laps to figure anything out you know you're basically you know getting thrown to the wolves and you you bar you know be ready and it shows because that's why you know brian brown's very good there you know Danny Lasowski, when he was racing there weekly or with the Outlaws, was always very good there. And the guys that have a lot of laps there, the local guys are pretty darn good there, mm-hmm. yeah, racing wise. So um, it, it's just one of those. I look at it like the Grove. This is a very tough racetrack to show up and go fast at, and unload and be right. And that's what you have to do. Just talking about your team, um, I think 
what a lot of people enjoy seeing your team is they've kind of got a, an old school uh, feel to them, uh, kind of an older group, but just kind of like what they show up in and kind of how uh, they work together. W- what's the dynamic of that team like compared to other teams you've worked with? Well, you're being nice saying old school. Look, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm 55 and I'm the young, young one of the bunch. So, um, yeah, it's just great because it's, yeah, I, I knew how fast that race car was mm-hmm. from racing against it, but I really never, you know, Donald's always been a very quiet, kept himself, you know, run his own team, you know, was a driver over all those years and just, you know, and you never worked with him really, but he's been great because being a driver, he knows everything. I mean, he knows if you're not right, you're not going to run it harder. You know, you can't do this if the car is not working right and all that. And, and they just, I mean, they just go to work and they just, you know, if it's not right, they, they work on it and they try and make it right. And yeah, Davey, I, I can't say at his age, I can't, you know, the effort and hard work that he still puts in the desire that he has at his age to do this still blows me away so i mean so you know when i'm winning you know and we're in victory lane um when he's staying next to me that means everything to me because it's just i mean it just blows me away like he gets down on one knee and still does work you know he he's not a guy just there you know telling somebody do something he does it still um and it's just it's just you know it's just a great team to be around we enjoy it you know if we don't win nobody points fingers yeah, a lot of that's because we all been around so much. We know everything has to be right, and um, it just they just go to work. You know, if they're not happy with something, they just you know we try to figure out where we need to get better, and they just work on it. You know, and um, they're very smart on how we race because of everybody trying to stay fresh. You know, not getting Davy burned out, not getting me burned out, not getting Donald burned out. I'm trying to race too much, um, and just. It's just it's just a fun group of guys being around. Yeah, we we can have a, a lot of fun. We're all very low key people. Nobody's a um, look at me type person. So it it's all very low key. And um, yeah, we we do our jobs, and when we're done, we we leave and try to get ready for the next race. Well, Lance, this has been a ton of fun. I feel like we've taken up enough of your time here. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, and I think I can speak for Nick and, and say good luck this week uh, at Lincoln and on the Quest for 100 at Williams Grove on Friday and Saturday. I'd say we're pulling for you to get it, but if I say that, I think the show will have new hosts next week. So uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at, at good luck uh, yeah, sure. against the Outlaws this week. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me on. It's, it's fun to listen to your guys' shows and um. Yeah, that's fine. You don't have root for us. We're going, we're going to try to beat them anyhow. So um, that's yeah, that's the neat thing about this deal. It's just it's just very yeah. For all these years, it's just been very fun rivalry that you know that everybody shows up and tries to do their best at. For sure. Thank you. Thank so you very much. much. Appreciate it. Great. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. See you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you to Lance Deweese for coming on board today and talking about racing against the Outlaws in Pennsylvania. Yeah, that was a really cool conversation. Good to hear from him. Uh, get a little bit of the posse side before we get in there, but we all know the Outlaws are going to win anyway. But so, but thanks for Lance for coming on. 
Outlaws rule. Outlaws rule. But it's always going to be fun, like we said. For it's, sure. a, it's a fantastic rivalry. Uh, really looking forward to seeing another chapter in the Outlaws versus Posse uh, book be written this Wednesday and Friday and Saturday at Lincoln Speedway on Wednesday. Williams Grove Speedway for the Morgan Cup on Friday and Saturday. As always, you can watch all of those races live on DirtVision.com. Uh, but before we get to Wednesday... Let's rewind a little bit and talk about this past weekend at Eldora Speedway, uh, because as we mentioned at the top of the show, two races, hashtag Let's Race 2, 589 days since the last time the Outlaws were at Eldora Speedway, had to wait a little bit more than was planned thanks to some rain uh, in the evening on Friday night, but that gave us two really, really fun races on, on Saturday. Became uh, Let's Race 2 in one day. Yeah, kind of almost Let's Race 4. Yeah, pretty much. It was f- four features that day. Yeah, because we had uh, the the non-wing sprint cars there, too. Yeah. Uh, Actually, and- another big thing that we didn't mention, someone got engaged this weekend, too. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up, but yeah, that did happen. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, caught Catherine completely by surprise. It's because he um, used Manscaped. Wow. <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't even know where to go after after that um i got to watch the afternoon show from eldora but then the night the night show uh everyone was nice enough to cover me here while i had to go take care of some business and bend the knee and it worked out really well and yes she did actually say yes believe it or not actually her words were after about a half hour of, you know, all the, the jubilation and, and then we did some picture taking because uh, I had a photographer there for us. Shout out to Matt Dillner. You're the man. Um, her official answer was, oh, yeah, sure, I guess. Because she kind of forgot to actually <laughs> say anything for a little while because um, she was so excited and caught off guard. So, hey, yeah, sure, I guess is good enough for me. I mean... She took the ring, so... She took the ring, and she's still living with me, and and a yeah, sure, is still a yeah. I'll take it. It's in the realm. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I did, like I said, watch the the afternoon race before heading out to go go take care of business. The afternoon race was a lot of fun, and then I watched the highlights actually last night, because my YouTube wasn't working for a little while for some odd reason on Saturday night. Uh, So, last night, I watched the highlights of the the nighttime race man both races were a ton of fun they're awesome congratulations to brent marks for taking the win in the afternoon show uh and sheldon hoddenshield with the win in the evening show yeah that was quite the race uh that sheldon won going first going back to the one uh that brent won it was really cool obviously he's uh gone through a little bit leaving cjb motorsports Mm -hmm. i think just three weeks ago or so and hopping back into his own car and really winning right off the bat he had like two wins in i think pennsylvania before coming into this weekend and then a bad qualifying effort i think he qualified like 27th or something but then heat race wow like second and two laps or something like that yeah and he wasn't the only one to to make big moves quick i mean you look fast forward a little bit to the feature aaron reitzel went from i think it was uh 16th to like fifth or third and five laps yes i mean that's crazy 
Yeah, ended up second. Uh, and Donnie uh, went from 17th to third. Yeah. Obviously, Shelton was second, but was late light at the scales. Uh, so he got uh, disqualified and uh, I think ended up 24th or something after that. But obviously, rebounded uh, a little bit later in the night. But yeah, that. Yes, really 24th, cool. you were yeah, correct. But really cool to see uh, Brent get back in victory lane with us again. And, and that family car that he has there, that's that car's no slouch. Oh, no, he's, he's no been slouch. good at Eldora. Uh, strong at Eldora. He won the, the National Open 2019, driving mm-hmm. for his family team, and he was still uh, running with the Outlaws full-time. Don't remember, um, uh, 2019, he made his own uh, impressive charge. I think, I forgot where he started, but came up to finish, I think it was it second or third to the King's Royal that year. Yes, uh, third, I believe it was, because I believe Logan finished second. Yeah, year, right. With another yeah. large charge yeah. uh, throughout through the field. That's what, to me, makes Eldora so so much fun. I, I see tweets and stuff from people who remember the Eldora of old. I never really got the chance to see the Eldora of old before. I guess it was redone, but the fact that you can run top to bottom at this place oh yeah and and do stuff like like that like aaron did 16th to third and five laps that's just so much fun it was just like you said top to bottom just uh, the guys were going all over the place and just making it work there you could just fun racing all over the track yes and that was a day race too which was even cooler you weren't gonna see if they tried to get in Friday, whatever day, time it was, you weren't going to see that. That wasn't going to happen. No. By the time we would have run the feature that morning, it probably would have been 4 or 5 a.m. The track still would have been one groove wide. Um, I mean, I I know we sound biased. We work for the series and everything. But, I mean, after you see the race that you got Saturday afternoon, how can you disagree with the call that was made? Yeah, our uh, officials and everybody in the series have been doing this for quite a while now. So uh, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I'd say they made a pretty good call. Yeah, so let's give you a rundown here of the top ten. Brent Marks, as we said, charged from third to first to get the win. Aaron Reitzel, 16th to second. Donnie shot 17th to third. Uh, Aaron Reitzel was the KSE Hard Charger Award winner going 14 spots. Uh, if my math is right, Donnie Schatz went 14 as well, but Aaron finished one spot ahead of him, therefore the award goes to him. David Gravel finished in fourth, started fourth, fin- started fourth, finished fourth. Carson Macedo, 11th to fifth. That rounds out your top five. Ian Madsen went from 12th to sixth. Kerry Madsen, 13th to seven. Both Madsons gained six spots on the, on the, on the day there. That's kind of cool. Tyler Courtney started second, finished in eighth. Uh, he had a Really, really strong day, Tyler Courtney did. Yeah, I'd say uh, he had a lot of fun at Eldora himself, too. I believe it was a win uh, in one of the non-wing races and a top 10 in the three other remaining races. That's that's pretty strong right there. It was um, a busy day for him. Sure was. It was definitely not a hashtag Let's Race 2 for him. It was hashtag Let's yeah. Race 4 for Tyler Courtney on uh, on Saturday there. Uh, Logan Shuhart finished in ninth and brian brown rounded at the top 10 and as you said before sheldon hoddenshield started on the pole finished second across the line was light at the scales bumped all the way back to 24th so that was your friday night race which ran on saturday afternoon moving ahead to saturday night's feature uh which marked the one year anniversary of the outlaws return to racing from the covid pandemic break last year um Sheldon rebounded quite nicely, 
scored the victory. And one hell of a run. Yes, it was. That was a fun race to watch. Uh, fourth to the win. So it didn't pass a ton of cars, but my goodness, th- in that race, th- there was no cushion at that point. The cushion was the wall. Yeah, if and you, he was right on it. The, yeah, if you look up uh, Chase Rodman on Twitter, he took a picture of what it looked like, and there was almost nothing there. Uh, just like you said, uh, the level of precision and just trying accuracy that he had to hit yeah. every lap, every corner to make that work is phenomenal. You can even, you, if you go back and watch the race, you can see him learning it in real time too. There are a couple times he banged off the wall, but then mm-hmm. you can see adjust his line just a little bit, maybe where he got in the throttle, and he's just closed on Donnie like there's no tomorrow. It was super cool to watch, and and I mean Donnie was making that bottom roll really really well, right up until it wasn't. But I mean. Yeah. We we all know yeah. dirt racing with with no spotters. Sometimes the the lead is disadvantageous to be in, and that that's one of the times that it was. Is the track may be going away, but you don't know what the guys behind you were doing, and you don't want to experiment to lose ground, and you don't know that you're losing ground as it's happening. Yeah, exactly. He probably thought he was doing well. I think he I think he might even know or stated it in his interview that he thought they were. Maybe got a little bit slower as the run went on towards the end, but I'm not sure he saw Sheldon coming just blowing the stickers off the side of his wing. Yeah, when he I, caught I him don't like think that. he saw him until he was already 10 car lengths ahead of him because once yeah. he caught him and passed him, he blew right by him. Uh, giving you the top 10 rundown here, Sheldon Hodenshield, as we said, with the victory right at the line. Logan Schuhart took second away from Donnie Schatz, 21st to second for Logan Schuhart in that race there, uh, which he's done that before, as we already mentioned at Old Dora. If Logan could figure out how to qualify and run better in his heat races and actually start near the front at Old Dora, he'd probably have five victories here. We already. saw that uh, last year. Um, the last, the la- or not last year because we weren't there. Uh, the last race at Old Dora in 2019. Yeah, he won that. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like he's always charging from the rear otherwise, uh, but at least he's making a show out of it for sure. Donnie Schatz, as we said, seventh to third. He was rolling hard on the bottom, making it work right up until it didn't. So unfortunately, 300 will have to wait again. Ian Madsen with a great day, uh, fourth in the nighttime feature. Uh, started on the pole, dropped to fourth, sure, but still a fourth place finish nonetheless. Top five is always good. Jacob Allen finished in fifth, started third. Brian Brown went from ninth to sixth. David Gravel started in fifth, finished in seventh. Aaron Reitzel went from 11th to eighth. Tyler Courtney with a ninth place run started in 14th. And Parker Price Miller went from 23rd to 10th to round out the top 10. One of the names that was missing there. Points leader Brad Sweet. Yeah, both nights out of the top 10. Finished 11th in the evening race, and as I'm taking a look here at the afternoon race, finished in 14th. So not exactly the two two races that Brad Sweet was looking uh, looking forward to, and we know he's pretty darn good at Eldora. Yeah, especially going into the PA races where uh, stats show that it's not been the best. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say that uh, particularly at a place like Williams Grove, he kind of struggles. He got a third uh, last year in a couple top tens, but yeah, like it's, it's just a, that's definitely not a place you would ex- you're gonna expect to see him challenging for the win. So as a result of that, the gap is now back down to 62 points from Brad Sweet to second place in points. David Gravel, 110 points back is where Carson Macedo currently sits in third. What a heartbreaker! The light at the scales was for Sheldon. He is 140 points back in fourth. Just imagine where he would be 
if not for that, and if not for the flat tire uh, last weekend. Yeah, I think just those little things are what you need to work on eliminating to keep up with uh, Brad and Gravel and really challenge for the championship. Because I think they can. They're, they've shown they can win a lot of different places. Um, so if they just clean up some of that little things, I think you definitely see them being a big contender towards the end of the season. And and as we've said on this show before, you know, in, in the past, the knock on Sheldon was he needs to learn how to put together a full race. Everyone knew he had the speed, but then there would be some sort of self-inflicted mistake that would ruin a really strong run for him right right near the end of the race. He's not making self-inflicted mistakes now. It's just things are happening. And and unfortunately, that's the kind of things that, as you said, need to not happen. But, I mean, it, it wasn't like, uh, at least I don't believe I could be dead wrong, but it, it wasn't like the, the night where he had that flat tire. It was one of those... Uh, one of those races where you could say, oh, he just ran the tire right off of it. You know, I'm pretty right. certain he hit a piece of debris that night. That's, Sometimes things just happen. Things I, happen. I think Eldora was a good example of him uh, uh, just learning throughout the night, too. Like I said, like a couple times he bounced off the wall. Well, instead of just keep doing the same thing, hoping it works, He, you can see him learning and not doing that and what he needed to do to make sure that didn't happen, but yet still be fast. And that might have been one of those nights a few a couple of years ago where you would be like, okay, he's really fast, but at what point does he hit that wall too hard exactly. and end up yeah. uh, roof over, you know? And now that's not what's happening. Yeah. So hey, uh, it, it 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 could be better. It could also be worse. 140 points back is where Sheldon's sitting right now in fourth place. 150 points out of the lead is Aaron Reitzel rounding out the top five. Donnie Schatz is now 6th in points, 160 points back. Logan Schuhart has fallen back to 7th, 178 points back. However, 3rd through 7th, 68 points separates them right now. As uh, I believe it was Matt Yoakum said on Twitter the other day, you could just throw a blanket over 3rd through 7th in oh, yeah. points. It is so close. And with them being so close, if Brad and David Bobble... Suddenly, we've got a seven-man points race. I think we still do at the moment, really. It's just a matter of uh, how the rest of the season plays out. But it's really cool that all these guys really, like, what was that, Logan in seventh there? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's wild. You would definitely expect him to be top five podium. Like, they're they're still competing like that, but just everybody's so competitive and strong this year that it's um, every little bad finish is a huge implication. Absolutely. Uh, moving on through the rest of the top 10, we find Craig Kinzer in 8th, 352 points back. Brock Zierfoss in ninth, 406 points back. Jacob Allen in 10th, 512 points back. And looking just outside of the top twelve or top 10, you find James McFadden in 11th, 530 points out of the lead. And only 28? 18? My math is terrible. What's 530 minus 512, Nick? You say five thirty minus five twelve. Yes. Eighteen. Jesus, twenty eight, eighteen. At least I was right the second time. <laughs> they told me there would be no math in podcasting, Nick. Well, you brought it upon yourself. <sighs> Fair enough. Eighteen points out of the top ten is James McFadden. When when we had Casey Kane on the show, he said that was the goal was for James to get up into the top ten, and uh, he's on the see verge of doing that really really fast. Uh, we're 20, 20 races into this thing. He's only run fourteen, so he's six races behind everyone else, and he's still 
18 points out of the top 10. That's that's an impressive charge. Uh, eight top 10s for him in 14 races, four top fives um, with a win as well. That that nine car is running really strong. Yeah, they've been fast. He was pretty good at Eldora uh, here and there. I'll be curious to see how he does um, at some of these PA tracks. He got his first ever World of Outlaw win at Williams Grove. Sure so did. I expect to see him perform well there. Uh, maybe he can give some of that luck or uh, competitiveness to uh, his teammate there for Williams Grove. Um, speaking of math, I did a little bit of my own math before this. I was about to ask you if you had any stats for us. I did. Weekend. I was curious. Um, looking at this could be a big weekend for Gravel making some big gains on Brad because he's mm. obviously been really good at all these PA tracks. Um, he's won at Lincoln and several, I think like eight wins or so, in total at Williams Grove. So I looked at their performances at them last year. Uh, I took uh, where they finished at Lincoln and then their last two runs at Williams Grove. Obviously very rough. This is kind of hypothetical, fun, see what could happen kind of thing. So if you take their performances, Brad finished, let's see, eighth at Lincoln. Gravel finished fourth in their last two races at Williams Grove. Brad was 11th and 10th. Gravel was first and fourth. He won twice at Williams Grove last year. But if you take those, um, that is a 42-point difference between them. That Gravel Wait, how many? Gain. 42 points. Like 4-2? Four, 4-2. Two? Four, two. Like Jackie Robinson's 42? Yep. Okay. Yep. So that would be a 42-point gain Gravel would have over Brad Sweet, bringing them to only 20 points difference after this weekend. Hypothetically, potentially, but if that's where they finished again, same kind of results we could see a big swing in points after this weekend. Wow. Thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty fantastic. What else do you got? Well, um, you you you've the last like four shows you have shown up with pages full of stats here and and I've loved each and every single one uh that that you've delivered to us. Uh the the uh, late morning show on Sirius XM Channel 90 NASCAR Radio uh, has every Friday Larry McReynolds, uh, Larry's McNuggets. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but for you, I'll, I'll say it's Graziano's Meatballs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know how smooth they might happen to be. You well, know, we got Manscaped, so we can make sure that happens. <laughs> but yeah, how, how, how many how many more Meatballs you got for us? I uh, only made a couple this time. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the, that was the big of me ball. Uh, <laughs> that was unplanned. That was right off the top of my head, that, uh, that ladies and gentlemen. Good. I caught Nick off guard pretty good there. That was a pretty good one. Um, so shocker, Brad doesn't want at Lincoln or Williams Grove before. Um, Donnie has twenty one wins at Williams Grove, so <laughs> I would say it's very likely we could see him competing up front and for that three hundredth win this weekend. Um, Obviously, Lance, like we said, is going for his 100th win at Williams Grove. He got his first ever World of Outlaw win there, so it'd be kind of cool if, uh, even though it'd be a positive win, it'd be cool just story-wise. I like all the stories if uh, he get it there uh, kind of this year with them. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. That would be cool. Um, we've had a, <laughs> within the, the Dirt Vision studio here, we have had a, a graphic made to congratulate Lance on his 100th career win since he hit 98 because we figured it was going to be coming pretty quick and we didn't want to be caught off guard. We did the same exact thing for Donnie Schatz when he hit win 298 because we thought it would be coming pretty quick, that 300 would be coming. 
Uh, both of those graphics still have not seen the light of day. So what you're saying is it's Dirt Vision's fault? Yes, specifically our producer, Nick White, uh, specifically on the Donnie Shots part of the equation, because mm-hmm. he we have a Dirt Vision group text, and he sends right before the feature, at every feature so far this year, hashtag 300, hashtag it's happening, and it has not happened. So, Donnie, if you're listening, uh, anyone from the Tony Stewart Racing team, if you're listening, uh, the person you want to blame is Nick White. Uh, if you want, I could give you his email address to send your hate mail to. Uh, I have no problem doing that. I love the kid to death, but that would be kind of fun. I believe this is the second time you've thrown him under the bus for this. Now. I believe you're right. <laughs> and uh, I'm just trying to make sure that everyone knows it's not me. It's not Nick Graziano here. It is specifically Nick White, who I, I am aware has the ability to make my voice sound very childish while he's editing this. Uh, but my hope is he'll just glance right over this part and not know that this has happened until he starts receiving hate mail. Yeah. Uh, you can send that to... I won't give it out. I think all you got to do is a little bit of digging. I gave his Twitter handle out like three episodes ago. Yeah, that'd be pretty easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> so you could do that. Or, uh, hey, again, anyone from Tony Stewart Racing, if you've emailed any of us here at uh, Dirt, Dirt Vision before, you know you know how our emails work. So remember, his name is Nick White, and you can figure out the rest of it and go from there. Send your hate mail that way and uh, completely ignore myself and Nick Graziano. We have nothing to do with this. We've I've said nothing. Nothing to do with it. Like I said, um, I forget. I, pro- I, I probably forgot if it happened already. Did he get it yet? Are we still looking? Is that what we're, we're waiting for that? No, still he's yet? still no. looking for okay. it, but I, okay. I think you should go see a doctor. Maybe, yeah. Any more stats for us that you haven't given us? And if you give us one that you've already, if you tell us again one that you've already given us, I will let you know and tell you to move on to the next one. So I put together uh, Brad and Gravel's finishes from Lincoln and Wim, though. <laughs> you have already done that one. Uh, well, if we, uh, to go back, um, speaking of Sheldon winning, obviously he won at Lincoln last year, his first ever That's win right. there. Um, so he's, he can be pretty dangerous in uh, these Pennsylvania swing races as well. Obviously, like Jacob Allen had a really good run there, so it'd be cool mm-hmm. if he can uh, be fast again. It's the the uh, Gettysburg Clash presented by Dryding, so you know Logan and uh, Jacob will be trying their hardest to get a win there, their home state. I don't believe either of them have... Uh, uh, no, a bossy track yet. No, but that Lincoln is their home racetrack. Their shop is less than ten minutes down the road from Lincoln Speedway. So, even though they're outlaw guys, I think that would get a big cheer. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely growing up in that area. I think uh, I think that's one of those one of those times you'd see uh, the the posse coming together and cheering for an outlaw guy. Even like Brock Zierfoss, I think it'd be cool. Uh, He's had some good runs lately, but a little bit of bad luck, so it'd be cool to see him have uh, some success back in his home state again, too. Yeah, if there's any trip on the schedule that Brock Zierfoss is looking forward to, it's got to be this one. This week, yeah, right? for sure. He's Yeah, he's already got one win at Williams Grove, his first ever uh, World of Outlaw win there, I believe, back in 2017. Um, so I'm sure he's looking forward to getting back there himself. Yeah, uh, it's a weekend that, that is shaping up to be really cool, always is. Outlaws versus Posse starts Wednesday night. Lincoln Speedway continues Friday and Saturday with the running of the Morgan Cup at Williams Grove Speedway. Once again, you can watch all of that action, as always, live, dirtvision.com, 
with a Platinum Pass for the year, uh, the monthly Fast Pass. But remember, the Platinum Pass gets you access to the Knoxville Nationals later on this August, and you're not going to want to miss that. But as long as you have both, or either one, I should say not both, you don't need both, uh, but if you have either one, not only do you get to watch the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars, you also get to watch the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings, Late Models, the Super Dirt Car Series, Big Block Modifieds, Dirt Car Summer Nationals for the Late Models and UMP Modifieds later on this summer. That's only like a month and a half That's away, coming Nick. That is quick. coming really quick. Uh, but you also get weekly racing from Williams Grove Speedway, which is always a ton of fun on Friday nights, as well as weekly racing from Attica Raceway Park, where we're going to pretty uh, pretty soon here, I do believe. Uh, weekly racing on Friday nights starting this week from Jacksonville Speedway. If you remember how much fun the Outlaws race was there last Thursday, that's coming pretty much every Friday uh, on Dirt Vision. You're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a ton of fun. I cannot wait. Moving ahead to Saturday nights, because we got you covered on Saturday with Weekly Racing 2 from Knoxville Raceway. I think there, I think there are three races into their season. We, they got rained out this past weekend, but all, all three nights have had fantastic racing. Uh, and then literally just last night, because we're recording this on a Monday, last night was Sunday night, Hucett Speedway in Brandon, South Dakota, an absolutely stunning facility, uh, reopened with weekly racing. Uh, they just opened their season last night. And I got to tell you, Nick, I don't, I don't know if you got the chance to, to watch that last night, but the 410 feature was fantastic. Yeah, I saw highlights. It looked like a lot of fun there. Houston's put on a really good show. I'm really excited for us to go back there. I was, to June be too. honest, a little bit nervous about, about it going into the feature because the, track, the, the racing line was really narrow. Uh, and there was a, a, a pretty good cushion on the, on the outside of it and a mega berm on the inside. So it was a pretty narrow line. But it put on a fantastic show when when the leader, whoever it was at the time, whether it was Justin Henderson early or Austin McCarroll late, when they got out front on a restart, they were running ridiculous lap times. And then once they got into, into traffic, everything bunched back up and it became a fantastic show. Unfortunately for Justin Henderson, uh, made contact with a lap car and spun out with like seven laps to go. Uh, Dominic Selzy charged from like 13th all the way up to second. Uh, and Austin McCarroll went and got the win. Yeah, it was a lot of fun watching Dominic rip around there. Uh, Austin McCarroll ran really, really strong and ended up getting the win. Um, three races, three divisions of racing there weekly. The late model street stocks, as they are called, that was a really fun feature last night as well. Uh, the Race Saver 305 sprint cars, also a lot of fun. And then, of course, the 410 sprint cars uh, as the headline division. So, Houston Speedway, every Sunday night, they started off last week, or last week, last night. They'll run just about every Sunday night throughout the rest of this season. You can catch that as well on Dirt Vision. And if you happen to be in the area or in the vicinity of any of the races that we've got coming up, whether it's Lincoln Speedway on Wednesday night, Williams Grove Friday and Saturday, we urge you to go to worldofoutlaws.com and get yourself some tickets because as great as we are at Dirt Vision, and to be honest with you, I, I think we, we do a pretty good job of showing these shows. I know I'm biased, but there's nothing like sitting in the grandstands, getting some dirt bouncing off of your face, hearing the sounds of a 410 sprint car in person, experiencing the smell, and just seeing and feeling everything because there is a lot to feel as well of a 410 sprint car show specifically a world of outlaws nos energy drink sprint car sh show they don't call it the greatest show on dirt for nothing uh get yourself some tickets if you can we urge you to go and do sh go and do so definitely 
And also uh, some little extra stuff if you want to be an outlaw and see some cool stuff. We've got a really cool uh, one-on-one interview uh, that you can read with Brad Sweet. Uh, He dives deep into his career, um, his season, winning championships, uh, things like that. Really cool. Read a lot of cool uh, information that he gives about that. You can go to b-and-outlaw.com and get a lot of that cool content. That does sound really cool. Being what, an outlaw. What, what do we have to do for that? Like, what do I have to pay? It's nothing. Nothing. You don't got to pay anything. Just sign up. It's free ninety nine. It's free ninety nine. <laughs> Fantastic. You, you're so an outlaw. B dash and dash outlaw dot com. Correct. And you can go find that. I believe you you mentioned something not too long ago about uh, David Gravel basically sitting down and narrating one of his wins from earlier yeah, this season uh, from the Rev. That awesome the, show. Oh, that was a great race. So between that and the Brad Sweet. Uh, article up there uh that sounds really fun i gotta you make sure of, i go and do that you get some discount on swag there's a lot of a lot of cool perks that come that comes along with being an outlaw so make sure you do that b dash and dash outlaw.com i remembered that that's it yep got it good job nick i'm glad i remembered it now it's uh it's a lot of fun i'm gonna have to go check it out uh i'm actually i'm gonna go check it out right now nick i think we're gonna wrap right here so i can go uh sign up and go read that yep don't waste time make sure you do that all right, fantastic. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, we'll be back uh, hopefully next week to recap some action from Pennsylvania, and hopefully the the Outlaws went and won all three races. I didn't say that too loud, so Lance, our oh, guest earlier, one final hear me. stat: last year when we swept them, that was the first time since two thousand eight that Posse never won a Posse race. See, man, your memory is so bad that you almost forgot. I to know that when I was asking Can't you believe for it. new stats and. We got it in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, we're going to end. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my name is Rob Blount. I am Nick Raziano. We're going to see you all next week. Bye-bye. Hashtag open red.